0: Grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. What are some everyday things that happen that you might find a little hard to believe? You might say 2020 is almost finally over. Airplanes full of people and fuel and baggage weighing thousands upon thousands of pounds actually fly. And then King Igor recorded some things in Proverbs 30 that were amazing to him that seemed a little hard to believe. He said, the way of an eagle in the sky, the way of a snake on a rock, the way of a ship on the high seas. Those are just a few things that we witness every day that might seem hard to believe and yet they happen. And those are just things in the physical realm. There are all kinds of things in the spiritual realm that we could mention that, well, like those things in the physical realm, uh, might be a little hard to believe, but like those things in the physical realm, they actually do happen. They're true. They happen whether we believe it or not. The writer to the Hebrews mentions what faith is. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we don't see. And then he goes on to give us all kinds of examples of people who believed things, who trusted things that God told them that seemed impossible, that seemed hard to believe, and yet they believed them. They trusted that what God said would happen would happen. Mary certainly is an example of such a person. We get a hint at the strength of Mary's faith from the reaction that she had when the angel Gabriel appeared. He told that the thing that troubled her most wasn't the fact that this visitor from heaven appeared to her and was talking to her. What troubled her most is what he said. That's not usual, right? Usually when an angel appears, well, you know from the Christmas story, you can probably finish the statement with us, When he appeared to the shepherds, they were terrified, right? Well, we're told that Mary wasn't really terrified at his presence. Maybe she was, but we're not told that. We're told the thing that bothered her, that troubled her, was what the angel said. She was wondering what kind of greeting this could be. Why would this heavenly messenger say that she was highly favored, that she was blessed among women? He was greatly troubled by the statement, more so than the appearance of the angel. That's one of the first things that shows us the humble faith of Mary. Why would God choose me? Why would He grant me His grace and favor? That should also be our attitude, shouldn't it? That God would choose me to be his own. That he would show me his grace and favor. Our response to that always ought to be, boy, that's hard to believe. See, we know the dark secrets of our heart. We know how often we have disobeyed God in his word. We know how often we have failed to trust and then been overcome by worry and by doubt. We knew all those things, and so it seems hard for us to believe when God says, I've chosen you and I've given you my grace and favor, we say, I don't deserve that. But then, in humble faith, we realize that even though we don't deserve it, even though it might be hard to believe, thank God it's true. If Mary found it hard to believe that she was chosen by God, that she had received his grace and favor, and that she was blessed among women, well, what the angel really came to tell her was a lot more difficult to believe, wasn't it? He said, listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will never end. Mary understood what the angel was saying. She knew that prophecy that we heard in our Old Testament lesson this morning, that God had told David that the Messiah would be one of his descendants, and through that Messiah, who would be a descendant of David, but also the Son of God, the throne of that Messiah would endure forever. She knew the prophecy, but there were some things that she didn't understand. How would it be possible for her son also to be the son of God? How could that be? She wasn't even married. How could she have a son? She was still a virgin. How could she have a son? Still today, a lot of those things are hard to believe, right? God reveals himself to us as one divine being and yet three distinct persons. And he tells us that the one we usually refer to as the second person of the Trinity left heaven, came down to earth, took on flesh and blood, body and soul, and lived among us. He is both God and man at the same time. There's really no way that we can possibly wrap our minds around these things. They seem hard to believe, don't they? There's nothing physical, nothing on earth, nothing that we know or experience that we can compare that to. with Mary we say how can this be? but just because something is hard to believe, just because we can't fully understand it or grasp it with our minds doesn't mean it isn't so Mary in humble faith wasn't doubting what the angel had told her she was just asking for information how can this happen? how will this be? is there something I need to do? Do Joseph and I need to to move the wedding date up? Is this child you're talking about, Gabriel, is that going to be one of our children? The angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Mary got her answer. There wasn't anything that she needed to do. She didn't need to be married. She was going to be a virgin still, remain a virgin. God would use his almighty power to cause a child to be conceived inside of her so that the one who was born wouldn't have a human father. His father would be God. He truly was the son of God and also at the same time the son of Mary. How can anyone believe such a thing? How can we be expected to believe those things? The angel gave Mary and us some help. He gives Mary and us another example of a miraculous birth. He says, listen, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, even though she was called barren, and this is her sixth month. For nothing will be impossible for God. In fact, I like a a little more literal translation of that last part of that verse. Not a single word of God is without power. If God says something will happen, no matter how unbelievable it is, no matter how hard it is for us to wrap our minds around it, it's true, it's going to happen. Not a single word of God fails. Not a single word of God is without power. After all, he's the one who said, let there be light, and there was. The words of the angel about the pregnancy of Elizabeth may have reminded Mary of a number of other miraculous births. There are a number of them recorded for us in the Bible. Maybe the one that jumped to her mind, jumps to our mind first, is the birth of Isaac, one who was called Laughter, that's what his name means. You remember why? When Sarah overheard God telling Abraham, by this time next year, you and Abraham are going to have a son, even though they never had been able to have children, they're 100 years old, they're physically unable to have children, by this time next year, you'll have a son. She laughed. But then she laughed again, the second time with joy, when Isaac actually was born, exactly when God had said he would be. Nothing shall be possible with God. Not a single word will ever fail. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? Think of all the unbelievable things that happened by the power of God's word. Everything that exists came into being by the power of God's word. Ten plagues. Came upon the Egyptians because the power of God's word spoken through his servant Moses. The Red Sea was divided. The walls of Jericho came crashing down. Jesus healed every sickness and disease. He cast out demons. He calmed the storm. He even raised the dead, all by the power of his word. Not a single word of God will fail. Not a single word of God is without power. And John says that if everything that was done by the power of God's word were recorded in a book, well, there would be so many books the world couldn't hold them. So what does that mean? Why did the angel refer to what was happening in the life of Elizabeth? It means that our faith is not blind faith. Our faith isn't just hoping something will happen without any basis for the hope at all, just because we think maybe it will or because we want it to. Our faith has the firm foundation of the Word of God. Our faith isn't blind faith, and that's why the Apostle Paul told the Corinthians if they were having trouble believing that Jesus actually rose from the dead, well, there were 500 eyewitnesses they could go talk to. Our faith is not blind faith. It has a firm foundation. God has proved himself over and over and over again to be faithful. That's what we celebrate during Advent and Christmas. We look at all the prophecies about the Messiah, and then we see all those prophecies being fulfilled right before our eyes. Jesus is born, a descendant of Abraham of the line of David, born of a virgin, born in Bethlehem, just as God said. We look at those prophecies that seemed unbelievable. Whoever heard of a virgin birth? Yet we see them perfectly and completely fulfilled. Think of the words that God has spoken to you, the promises that he has given to you. He says to you, I chose you even before you were born. I made you my own dear child when I put my name on you at your baptism. I've seen to it that you continue to have opportunity to hear the life-giving gospel my word of promise. I've given you the supper to assure you that I am present with you, to assure you that your sins have been forgiven. Through the word and sacrament, the Spirit is at work, strengthening your faith, keeping you in the one true faith. As you consider these things, you can be sure that I'm going to keep all my other promises, my promise to to come again, to raise all the dead, to take you and all believers, everyone who believes that Jesus is true God and true man, that he did come, And live a perfect life in your place, that He did die on the cross to pay for your sins, that He did rise again from the dead. All who believe those things, I'm going to take them to be with me and live and reign with me forever. Our faith is not blind faith, it has the firm foundation of the promises of God, the Word of God, with whom nothing is ever impossible. When we realize this, when we realize that even though we're unworthy, God did what He promised. He sent His Son to be our Savior. We respond with humble faith, as Mary did, and say, I am the Lord's servant. Not my will, but Your will be done, Lord, not just in me, but also through me. We say with the Father, who Jesus asked, Do you, do you believe that I can heal your son? And He said, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. Lord, grant us the humble faith of Mary. Help us believe what might be hard to believe because no promise that you make us will ever fail. Help us offer ourselves daily to you in humble faith, saying with Mary, I am your servant. Amen. The peace of God that passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Please stand as we join in confessing our faith.